If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only adore delano hi everyone what is going on i mean i really should just start by saying congratulations i mean you are about to kick off in la at the end of january the u.s leg of your world tour Yes, we're most excited about this leg because I haven't done a world tour with my band in years. So I'm excited to revisit these cities in my hometown country and show them what I've got. It's going to be fun. I mean, you're hitting right like New York, Philly, Dallas. I mean, listen, you have been basically on the road since August on the European, you know, leg of the tour, you know, pretty much through Thanksgiving. Like, are you enjoying your basically two months off? Um, Yeah, it's two months off. I get to get my sleeping schedule back on check. But also there's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes that we have to tweak and stuff. But I'm my happiest when I'm. My most busy, so my manager Tina from my best Judy, she kills it. She 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 has me on on point working, and and we're just making it as fun as possible. We we're we're both super excited. I mean, the whole band is super excited, but I can't wait for for everybody to hear the set list. Are you doing anything special for the holidays with your time off? Yeah, um, I spent all the holidays with my family or Bianca, my my gay mom. Um, but this year, I'm going to be spending Christmas with my mom, my nieces and nephews, and my brothers. So that's going to be fun. Um, they humble me really quick as soon as I walk in the door. Um, and then, yeah, we get to prepare and go straight into rehearsals right after that. I'm excited. What are you looking forward to, you know, most on the U.S. leg of your tour? It sounds like you're going to be tweaking the set list like you just said. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely tweaking the set list. It's going to be a bit longer, a bit more energetic than the last two legs. Um, I'm most excited, excited to just like, you know, pack out these music venues myself. I've I've gone to plenty of concerts at some of these venues and it's just really surreal and exciting that I get to do them myself. So, it's just fun to kind of see my friends around the country and show them what I got under my my armpits, you know. Do you find anything different having just been on the road in Europe? Like, are European and U.S. audiences different? And if so, how? Um, yes and no. I would say yes based off of, like, I don't know. I, I find to just, like, see people as people. I mean, of course, like, they're going to be different just based off of, like, the region in which they were raised but at the same time i mean love is love and the energy is all pretty much universal so that's just basically what i try to pay attention to the most that's a good message yeah growing up as danny noriega was it always music for you did you ever kind of want to do something else with your life or was it always music right from the beginning it was always the m&m it's the makeup and music always since i can remember since i was like sneaking my mom's sharpener to sharpen the eyeliner I stole from Walmart. Um, But yeah, I mean, I've always, you know, played with makeup looks and and done my mom's makeup, my cousin's makeup, and just been really super musically inclined since I was a child. Like, I mean, I haven't been officially diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I'm dyslexic and I'm horrible with numbers. But like, as soon as you give me a melody, I can write like within like minutes to it. So that's something that I had under my my wig for sure but yeah always music but a little hint of glitter in there for sure 
I love it. Well, the world first met you, you know, through your season seven audition on American Idol. You auditioned with the brilliant Proud Mary. We 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 love that song. We love a little Tina Turner. Like, who were your musical influences growing up? Um, I call that the era of my life teenage Turner. Um yeah, I mean, wait, what was the question again? I really was thinking about being clever with that response. I was going to say, well, we love a little teenage Turner. I mean, but just <laughs> who were your musical influences? Like, was it a Tina Turner and who else? And, you know, I could only imagine. Um, no, definitely. Tina Turner is one of them. She's up there. I watched her documentary on HBO Max like four times. So um love love that icon um but i mean the freddie mercury's the amy winehouse's of it all the britney's the whitney's um the brody dells the courtney loves uh i love the writing of of freddie mercury just like in general but in the way that amy winehouse was just like super transparent about cutting her heart out for the one that she loves you know i don't know those are good. Listen, we love a little Amy Winehouse too, right? We love Amy. Well, look, you made it to the semifinals of American Idol. Like overall, what was that experience like for you? American Idol was a super important experience for me, especially in my developing years of, of, of before social media, before Instagram, before all of that. There were these forums that really had me gain a thick skin. I was a teenager. You have to realize like my first experience on television was when I was 15, 16 years old. When I got on the show, I was 17, 18. So it's like, I was really kind of like taking the whole experience in, but at the same time, it was the rise of the beginning of social media, like the MySpace. And there was this one um, website called Vote for the Worst. And there was this forum and they were so mean about like my family and stuff. And I remember just being like, this is teaching me to be tough because I'm going to be a star. And look at me now on my moon. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I mean, that was, that was my point. You know, you also had Simon Cowell who, you know, said you were useless and grotesque. I mean, is he aware that Adore is about to embark on her U.S. leg of her world tour? Like, is Simon aware of what you have become here? Oh, they all know me. Like Paula and I are actually friends now. Like, she invited me over to her house for my birthday to like have a sleepover and everything. Like they're, they're aware of my star quality that I've owned now because I slayed my inner saboteur, AKA alcohol. No. Um, but yeah, no, he knew like, as soon as I got eliminated, like my best friend was still on the show. So I would go watch her and in the audience, he like sat me on his chair and was like, you're such a star. This is not your time. Like I'll give you a few years. Like you got to really just like not give up. Like you're such a, a star. Like the camera loves you. And I mean, he's a Libra. We don't lie, you know? <laughs> Libras do not lie. Did you take We Paul do lie. <laughs> well, I I'm like a Gemini, so I don't even I don't even know what Geminis are supposed to be, but that's a whole nother story. Love what about I mean, did you take Paula up on her offer to sleep at her house? And what does the sleepover at Miss Abdul's house look like? No, I did not take her on her offer, as my manager, Gina, from My Best Judy, will tell you. I'm very weird about other people's faces and their living situations. I'm such a weirdo like that. But she invited Kara Cunningham, who's one of my best friends, um, and I to go have a sleepover at her house. And I was just like, I can't do that. But um, she also was on my season for Drag Race. So she knows about Adore, and she's she writes me on my birthday and stuff and like tells me how proud she is of me. And that's super sweet. <laughs> We love that. We love that. Mm -hmm. You know, do you think that, you know, like you said, like the social media stuff that you faced and like Simon's harsh comments, like, you know, do, you know, how, did you internalize that? I mean, look at you, like you said, you were only like 15, 16. Like, did you say, I understand this is all going to make me tougher? Or did Simon's words and all this other social media stuff like kind of get to you at that time? Well, the bigger picture was always something that was like implicated in my mind as a kid, like super young. Like I was always like looking at the bigger picture of everything. And I'm like, there's all, I don't know what it was. It just was instilled in my brain as a, as a small child. I'm like, there's something bigger to this experience. Like I even knew that at the time. So I'm like, you're getting invited to like these cool talk show, talk shows like Alan and like doing these cool things, like doing the Rosie O'Donnell cruise. And like, these are opportunities that are going to help you with your future. I was only a teenager. So like, 
after that experience, I was just like, it's going to make me tougher for like the future to come. So I already knew back then even like, like just take it on the fucking chin girl and like buy a new one when you have enough money for plastic surgery. Seriously. Well, I was going to say that's like a really good, you know, cause not everyone's there. A lot of people that like enter the public eye go down that dark, you know, hole of like, you know, reading the comments and like letting it affect them until they come out the other side. So that's kind of good that you have that like bigger picture in mind the whole time. Yeah, for sure. But that's the problem though. Like even now, like it's so hard for you to not read the comments. But when I tell you, I don't read the comments, like, bro, like if you don't have a blue check and if I don't recognize your like your main picture, like I don't know you, like I'm not really reading what you're saying because that I really, really will like fixate on that. Like one negative comment still weird totally no i'm like the same way you just learn to like just step away and don't read unless you see a blue check or you know the person i totally get it do Mm. you do you think because like to me as a self-respecting gay man and maybe i'm just reading too much into it and being too serious but you know (laughs) like when this happened because listen i I watched idol that season no no shade but this was back in the day when people actually watched american idol but Mm -hmm. you know like this the comments that were coming from simon to me were kind of geared towards like our you know society's middle america's definition of like you know gender norms and what like a quote-unquote boy should be and to me it seemed like you know a lot of it was because you know maybe you were what simon considered like flamboyant or you know what i mean like do you think that was true and like do you think like as a society we have moved the needle since then now in 2022 yeah that's pretty much my question I think because we moved the needle so forward that we shouldn't like harp on what the times were, but we should in a way, just so that like the generation below us understands where we were as a society. Like it wasn't always like this whole like, you know, level-headed understanding agreement with a blanket of gender. It's like we, we, we didn't have language like that back then. So it's like even somebody like me who like grew up like super gender non-conforming, like I thought I was being passable, you know? <laughs> like like that was like my whole like like I was a super drag king on drag on American Idol so it's like I I looked at it as like whatever like I already grew up with the thick skin having like my family members like you know keep it real with me and like growing up in like a predominantly like super masculine Mexican-American family like I, I took it on the chin but like it's important to let the kids know that like not we paved the way because I don't think of it like that but it's like girl there's like a lot that we had to do to even have the semi-representation you know like on television (laughs) totally and I mean it's almost like two things one would these comments even come from like a Simon if you auditioned on the show and he were there today no way absolutely not (laughs) I mean that's what I think and two like in a way why in 2020 do we even still care you know what i mean why are people still so concerned with pronouns and you know why why are people so still concerned with trying to fit someone in a box really the wait is over that's right season five of the kardashians is here just when you thought life couldn't get any faster they're punching it into overdrive chris courtney kim chloe kendall and kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. 
Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co.com to snag 30% off your first order. Now that it's the new year, how many of you are returning holiday gifts that you got that you either didn't want or wait a second, even worse, don't work? One gift you would never need to return is Relief Band because it actually does work. I know this for a fact because I've been a user for about a year now. I have motion sickness. Now I know a lot of you do. And Relief Band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness. Now you can also use this for anxiety, migraines, hangovers. It's great for hangovers, morning sickness. I don't leave home without it. I used to get so sick in Ubers and now I wear it and I don't get sick anymore. So listen, if you guys want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band right now, because you're listening to Behind the Velvet Rope, I have an exclusive offer for you. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code velvet, you get 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use promo code VELVET to get 20% off plus free shipping. I think when when it comes to, to people being like super anal and like super sensitive about stuff like that now, that not to get super political, but like that had a lot to do with 2016 and like people like being like, we're not going to take it. We're, we're going to stand our, our ground. We're going to have vocabulary and and language for this now and we're all going to like be like these individuals so it's like we kind of like had that divide when that like that whole presidency was happening so i feel like that kind of like that's when the shift in in culture kind of like changed everything with that that makes a lot of sense well you mentioned rosie o'donnell i mean right so there you are you're on idol your first job post idol is to work with rosie on the infamous rosie cruises how did that come about? I mean, like, did you just pick up the phone and is it Rosie O'Donnell on the other end of the line? Like, literally. Really? Yeah, like, she, yeah, like, she made, like, a video on, like, TV and then, like, got my number and, like, called me personally and, like, talked to her for, like, an hour and she was just so lovely and it was one of the coolest experiences. Like, I treasure those those friendships that I made on that cruise. Like, I still, like, that's where I met Ross Matthews for the first time and, like, Frankie Grande. And we were, like, still friends. And it's, like, we were kids when we met. So it's, like, that experience in itself was, like, the first experience that I had away from being a teenager in a small town, suburb town, that wasn't really accepting of, like, the queer history. It was a bunch of us young kids on this fucking cruise that was just, like, so queer and like queer family friendly and it was just like a really neat experience to have with my cousin at the time i loved it (laughs) picturing you and frankie and ross matthews on a rosie cruise like this is like my like gay dream come true right here oh baby cindy lopper like i'm over here like singing with cindy lopper and the like blues laugh it was so fun like and i was like 18 years old it was i'll never forget it Oh my God. And is like Rosie on this cruise? Is she there too? Like she walks around and she's there. Or she's not even there. Oh yeah. Rosie's there. Like we spent most of the time in her room. Like, like, well, like she had not a room. She had like a suite, like a whole, like, like a bunch of rooms in this like big ass thing. And it was just like a bunch of us just like talking about their experiences and like, like just funny, like times about like the eighties and nineties, like, like Cindy and Rosie like knowing each other and stuff like that it was just like cool stories it was like really neat to listen to all that is there like one story that sticks out from Rosie or just like some advice you got from her from this cruise that just kind of sticks with you (laughs) one story that sticks out was when like the cruise was like going through like these crazy choppy waters and like the everybody thought it was gonna like tip over and they were all gonna die and they're like, where's Cindy? Where's Cindy? And like, they looked under the bunk and like, Cindy has like a bottle of tequila. And she's like, you guys, the wall a bunch of pussies. And she's like, she like took the shot under the, the bunk bed. And I was like, that's so punk rock. I love her. <laughs> You're like, I love this. That, that that's, yeah. that's, that's so funny. What about, yeah. cause you mentioned you were on the Ellen show, you know, which I mean, Ellen, you know, has a history of reaching out to certain performers and then like kind of grooming them and bringing them on her show. So you, I remember watching you on the Ellen show. What was that experience like? It was awesome. It was super awesome. Um, She was super nice. Just like came backstage and talked to me. And I know Michael, the piano player for American Idol, like very well. So he was also like 
talking to me about like like how like she's super kind and how like she didn't have to do that and like it wasn't contractually like obligated for her to have me on the show but she asked for me and so I was like that's neat but um yeah she was just super nice I still have her underwear that she gave me in the care package (laughs) there's underwear in the care package when you go on the Ellen show yeah she can see her Ellen underwear and mine were like super they're like tiny they're like a garter belt now (laughs) oh my god so like nothing like you know like look in the later years she was deemed the queen of mean everyone came forward with a story people that were on the show came forward with stories like you saw nothing like that nothing she even told me that who's the one in hocus pocus that plays like the witch with the darker hair the sister i forgot her name she's in sister act but she even told me that like I'm not giving you all the details. No, she was, she's just very nice. She was just even like giving me contact for like for future things and stuff, like being really nice. She was very kind. <laughs> Kathy Namajami, I think is who you were thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. She like put me in contact with her. Like, like she was just super nice. Like she's like, they want to talk to you and like big mistake. Just super sweet. <laughs> Look, sometimes people get a reputation for no real reason, right? Things blow out of control. Yeah, I mean, someday, like, when I'm hungry, don't catch me at the grocery store. I might beat your ass and just be like, look, it was a bad day. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Well, after American Idol, there was the six-year period before Drag Race. That was when Adore was born. Like, how did Adore Delano come about? Where does her name come from? Talk to me about the birth of Adore. Adore has always lived inside of me since high school, now that I know what the entity is of what I created of this monster. Um, I used to wear a lot of makeup in high school as like this like superhero mask of just like reinventing myself and wanting to just like fuck up the bullies, which I did. Gotten a lot of fights with these cool lashes. But um, yeah, it started then around 14, maybe 13, 14. And then it reemerged when I was 21, old enough to do my first performance at Mickey's in West Hollywood. And I only had one name and it was a door. And then the sh- uh, Raven was like, what's your last name? And I'm like, fuck. And I had like been like looking up names that like were demonic and stuff. And Delano of like some origin means of the night. Um, and I said, Delano. So she announced me and the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. Like, what did you have certain inspirations for your look? I mean, is it, you know, where does that come from? Was it ever evolving? Yeah, definitely. Like, my beauty standards are, like, out of whack. Like, I love all the unconventional beauties in the world. Like, the Barbra Streisands, the structure of her face. And then you mix that with, like, a Brody Dill. And then, like, the grittiness of Courtney Love. And then the fake ditziness of Anna Nicole Smith. Like, I I pulled from every Wonder Woman of my life. And then, like, the brain of my mother. (laughs) No, I don't know. Just all all the the inspirations growing up. Spice Girls, all them. Did you used to watch the Anna Nicole show when it was on? It was phenomenal. I did watch the Anna Nicole Smith show when it was on. My mom bought it for me, like, the full, complete, like, season for Christmas on DVD. It's such a, it's such a great, you know, such a great show. So when you kind of started with Adore, like, was the vision always, you know, like, now that you're touring the world, like, was the vision always music? Like, was it more makeup and drag? Or was the end goal for you always like, no, I want to be an actual performer, like doing what you do now? Or did this kind of just happen? Well, um, do you know who Calpurnia Adams is? No. Okay, well, Calpurnia Adams is, like, a trans drag icon. Um, Like, there's many documentaries about her life. She's just a stunning human being. Gave me one of my first opportunities over here in West Hollywood. Um, Well, her and Lady Red Couture, who is no longer with us, rest in peace, love her. They convinced me that I had a superpower that a lot of the girls did not have, and that was my voice. They were basically, like, the anti- Ursula they were literally like use your power like you me Vicky and Red are the only ones that can sing go in there and sing and like they're like and you sound like a fucking like chick like they're like telling me like like, go out there and like sing a song like a ballad and I did and it changed the game so I owe all of that to Calpurnia Red and Vicky Vox like they're like my musical inspirations to push me out there but music was always my back pocket for sure like that's how I won my competitions against Laganja or she'd break her leg to get that hundred <laughs> it, seriously 
So how did you then, you know, go from outdoors now, like on the scene and you're, you know, working and, you know, you're entering all these competitions, like where did the idea to do drag race kind of come into your head or was it always there? Was it like, look, this is truly the only way to go if you're a, you know, a queen and you want to break out? Like, is there that thought process, you know, with you or amongst the other queens and like how did drag race come into your life? Drag Race came into my life when I was, I want to say, 18. The first season came was on. I'm the first ever generation of babies that got inspiration from Drag Race to, like, not start drag, but look at it and be like, wow, these are, like, three-dimensional human beings. I can totally do this. I mean, like, I can fix an outfit up. Like, it wasn't like we weren't hiring $10,000 designers to do our outfits at this point. Like, this is, like you do with what you have or make it on the spot. And I loved that grittiness and punk rockness of Drag Race. So I was like, oh my God, I can totally do this. But this is before I even put a lash on and sing my first number. So it's like, I, I, I was already like two and a half years into watching Drag Race franchise when I did my first performance. So it's like, that had already like instilled an inspiration up my ass to be like, you can do this girl. And you can sing, go slit the throats. <laughs> Go slit their throat. So listen, you came, you came in second on your season. You know, did you think, I mean, like, did you have that mentality? Like, wow, I'm going to get far. Or were you shocked you got so far in the competition? I only knew after Snatch Game because I knew that I would be good at Snatch Game. I didn't think that I would do as good as I did because they only show a fraction of what they want you to see of course you know that as a viewer and it's knowing people on tv and working in tv but it's like that entire day was the most fun experience and i remember everybody on set even the the workers were like like the pas were even like this is going to be the most hard challenge the whole season like this is the one that makes or breaks and i was like bitch really like i'm having a blast like so like after that i was like you i i was thinking maybe top five maybe top five and then i'm like okay maybe i'll be miss congeniality because i'm very charming and i'm a little traviesa but yeah i mean i just kept going the snowball just kept getting bigger and bigger and i was like let's go for the ride motherfucker <laughs> damn that bianca del rio we love love bianca i'm gonna film with her next week <laughs> We love Bianca. Listen, I'm I'm from New York City, so I knew Bianca from her days at Intermezzo when she was in. As soon as it was like Bianca's on, you know, going to be on the next season of Drag Race, everyone in New York that knew her was like, she's 100% winning. And people were like, you're crazy. Yeah. It hasn't even started. We're like, no, no, no. She's going to win the competition. There's no competition now. So, And I'm never ever wrong when it comes to knowing the winners like especially back then now it's a little weird because they all kind of look the same like no shade but like back then as soon as they merged our groups together i was like fuck it's gonna be me and her like in the like when it comes to like snatch games or like the improvs because i'm really good at stuff like that and i saw how quick she was and i was like fuck so it's gonna be like oh my god i got some competition she's gonna win like i knew it it was weird <laughs> do you still watch drag race now Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the thing that a lot of people don't know. Well, a lot of people do if you're following Drag Race Girls. It's like we get hired to watch this content a lot. So I don't know if it's because I quit my first uh, Drag Race All-Stars, like the first episode. So I always get called to do like viewing parties for the first few episodes. So I get hooked. So I'm like, now I got to know what the fuck happens next week. So it's like, yeah, we still watch. A lot of us still watch. I force Bianca to watch. She doesn't watch. But like, I'll, I'll force her to watch a finale or something. <laughs> right. You're like, honey, I'm getting paid for this. Like, I'm going to watch. <laughs> I'm like, just watch it. She's like, it's all the same. <laughs> Different show now. <laughs> it's it's not like the old days. But, you know, speaking of that, right. You mean you did quit. You were the first person ever to eliminate herself from the competition you know, talk to me about that. And like, do you ever look back and regret that? I don't regret quitting. I regret saying yes, because I said no already to my manager at the time. I wasn't in the headspace. I was in the middle of an album. I had to put that on hold and pay extra studio time. I was just super annoyed. And then on top of it, spend like thousands of dollars on drag that I'm never going to wear again. So I was just kind of like, oh, God. So as soon as I walked in, I was like, oh, God. 
doesn't feel right. So, like, right when, like, that was before any of the judging or any challenges or anything. So when you add that on top of it, I was just like, girl, give this to Coco. Like, these girls care way too much. Like, I need to go finish my record. Like, <laughs> Well, you, you did finish your record, and now you're going, you know, you're starting the U.S. leg of your world tour. You're a little busy, but, like, would you ever go back if the phone rang and they asked you to come back? I think just because I'm busy all year round, usually like not to be like, oh, <laughs> so blessed and busy, but like truly like I'm very grateful for my position. But like right now, like we're even kind of booked till next year, like the end of next year. So it's like if I can get some time off and just kind of go to like some crazy silent retreat with like Courtney butt naked in some woods um, and just like really think about it. I mean, maybe you never say never. Justin Bieber said, you know. So, I mean, I don't know. Listen, Justin Bieber said never say never. Listen, it's a new year, and that means you've all started it with your New Year's resolutions, and I'm sure staying healthy and working out is one of your New Year's resolutions. Well, I personally always have a hard time sticking with my fitness goals. That is until I started taking Peloton classes. If I'm left to my own devices, I'll go to the gym for three or four days, and then, peace out, I'm over it. With Peloton classes, I mean, first of all, there's so much variety, but what I love is they're motivating. I feel like I'm not in this alone. Now, I know what you're thinking. Peloton, that's the bike, right? But listen, Peloton is more than just bikes. Did you know that Peloton makes treadmills as well? And they're great treadmills. The Peloton tread, you can adjust your speed and incline automatically while you're taking one of their classes so you never break your stride. And their instructors are from all different walks of life. They kind of have like different styles of motivation. So personally, if you have a short attention span like me, I never get bored. The classes are available 24-7. You guys are going to love these classes. You can now try the Peloton tread risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. You could see additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Truly. What about like, where do you think you are? Where do you think we are? Like in terms of, you know, like, listen, RuPaul specifically in the show itself, you know, has we, we all know there's been controversy over the years about, you know, who can participate and, you know, their stance on trans and like, you know, there's a lot of people and now we've had like Got Mick and we've had our first like cis male contestant. Like, where do you think drag race is these days on like inclusivity? I think I give it a year or two for them to have their first drag king. I think it's going to be like super crazy. I don't know. I just think it's like if they do do that, I hope they do like a few drag kings, like three or four, because it's like they need to compete against the same kind of vibe, you know, or maybe have like a spin-off. I don't know. Cause it's such a different game. Cause like Rue's version of drag is this like super high femme cinched at the waist, just bodied cartoon. So it's like, I don't know how that would work, but I mean, I'd watch if you pay me. <laughs> but I mean, to your point, yes, if they pay you, I, but I think that that's like a good point. Like, I mean, can't we have a spinoff of all, you know, just a drag king competition? I think that would be brilliant. Right? I think it'd be pretty neat to watch. And I think it would, like, re-energize the franchise, you know? Totally. Totally. We can have, like, that air in the summer and then have all the drag race shit air in the winter. Look at us. It, they should hire us. It, it, seriously, and it could be under Rue's auspices, so it's more money for RuPaul. It's more money for everyone. <laughs> like, listen, they don't even have to give All us right. that big a percentage, right? All right. I agree. Well, listen, you did reconnect with Paula on Drag Race. We all know there's just such, they get such great celebrity judges. What was it like, and did you interact at all? Yes, I'm going to ask you about Khloe Kardashian during your season. Were you interact <sighs> with Khloe at all? She said I was her favorite, so that's cool. Um, I mean, not really. Like, maybe when we're, like, changing lights and stuff, like, we would, like, have a little conversation and stuff. I want to say, I said something about him to her that had just aired. It was, like, a, it was like an episode, and I had said something like, tell Kim something, and she laughed. It was, like, something that had just aired. And I remember, like, I was watching it in the hotel room, and I was like, tell Kim something, something. And, like, she looked at me and, like, started laughing. But other than that, no. <laughs> Listen, you are Chloe's favorite, so there you go, right? Exactly. We love Chloe. 
You know, and this is no disrespect to all the other queens, but like you said, like you do have a voice, you know, anyone that's gone to an Adores Alano show realizes like, you know, this isn't, and this really is not any shade to the other queens. You're not drag queen music. You're, this is real music. You are now like a musical artist. It's not a gimmick. You know, was there a defining moment when you kind of, moved away from drag race like just in your own career oh my when you're like you know shit like this is really working like i'm a real touring musical artist recording artist it's real music well first off thank you for that i appreciate that compliment because that's what i work my tail off for but thank you um but probably the first time i toured i think it was with when like right after everything was aired like uh i would say after vegas when they announced bianca winning we all toured the world together like the world like right after that we like all packed up in a van went on a plane for like world pride in canada and like from there we did like so many different countries and cities together and that's when i started realizing like oh this is a lot bigger than you think and then it started getting like really wild and then like because it, it was kind of like the latter of when everything started becoming like super mainstream almost like almost not yet and it was like I started seeing like certain like um not like news outlets but like certain like papers pick it up and like I was like oh shit this is going to be like bigger than I thought but probably then like right after everything was announced <laughs> how would you describe your musical style my musical style is not one to describe like especially not at this very moment it has to be it has to come from an emotion and you definitely have to be going through something to embody that emotion at the moment so I don't know not to sound all Lady Gaga during her art pop era but like art's subjective and at the time of you making it like sometimes I'm sad so it'll come up with a beautiful melody of like a sad ballad Sometimes I'm feeling like pretty chaotic and fun and like celebrating life, like kind of right now, um, not to plug in new music, but this summer we're going to be working on new music. And that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now. So at the moment, to answer your question, um, I think just life right now and just seeing a different perspective on it and just like, you know, I don't know, just smelling the roses on a sober head. I don't know. Well, you can plug anything you want. First of all, that's what we're here for. But, you know, do you, I mean, do you like Lady Gaga? Like, are you like, who, what, what, what women do you like? Like, are you into like Miley or like Lizzo or Taylor? Like, who do you like? Do you have any current favorites? Keep naming them because I love them all. I just love, I love successful, powerful women. They're just, I mean, that's pretty much what we gain all of our inspiration from in our in our line of profession anyway, isn't it? It's just all that powerful feminine energy and just like, I don't know. I love, right now at the moment, I love Billie. Like, Billie Eilish is just such a gorgeous little angelic demon. Um, wow. Billie's a good one. Billie's good, right? I mean, I also love... I loved Lord's last record. A lot of people were shitting on it. I'm excited for Lana to come out with her new stuff. Um, I don't know. I love all the the girls. Lizzo. We love a strong, powerful woman. Yes, we do. I also just got SZA's album, and it's really good. I like it. Do you like, who are you? Do you like any of the boys, like a Harry Styles? Like you mentioned, Justin Bieber. Do you have any favorites amongst the men? Nah, men don't deserve to sing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I love Harry Styles. <laughs> I love Harry Styles. I love, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't really listen to that many, like, guys. Harry Styles is a good one. I do listen to him. I listen oh to a lot more women myself. Do you know Dumb Bitches with Internet? No. Okay, well, one of the guys in that group is from Stranger Things, and they're like a rapping duo, and they're pretty dope, so shout out to them. We love an independent rap artist. We love, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to check them out now. Yeah, they're pretty dope. Like, they flow pretty sick, but I don't know. 
what can everyone expect? Like, you know, that has tickets to your show or now after listening to this is about to go get tickets. Like what can people expect if they come to an adore show on this, on this U S leg of the tour? (laughs) I was just going to say this leg of the tour is so unique. Like I'm putting in songs that I never thought that I would like sing. Usually like they're, they're going to be pretty hot. I think a lot of like the people that like the old shit, are going to be pretty excited about like a few of the set list, a few of the songs in the set list. A lot of the chunks are my own songs as opposed to covering. We have a few covers, but I wanted to do like more of my own shit in there, especially seeing like the cool venues that we're going to be performing at. Um, just hyper fun. Even during the sad songs, we want to give off that good energy and that good vibe. Um, and yeah, I'll be sober, so I'll remember everything on stage. <laughs> See, there it is being sober always helps, right? Mm-hmm. Do you sure get, does. you know, like we mentioned, like Paula, Chloe Kardashian, do you get starstruck? Like, have you like do you get starstruck when you meet people? Like, is there anyone if you met them, you would just be totally starstruck? Uh, probably Cher. I think Cher, like somebody that's like an icon, or like I don't know i don't really get starstruck i thought i would when i met britney but it was just like it wasn't starstruck i was just like they're just such on a level that you're like huh they're not even human really anymore <laughs> i don't know share i so i've met share four times because i went to vegas back when she was doing her residency and she had me uh. greets and it's like, yeah, I mean, I, that's a good one. And on the third time, I literally just lost it. And she's like, you've met me twice before. I'm like, I I remember. Share is share is share. That's such a good one. I mean, right? Like, it's just the icons. I, I'm the same way. There's very few people, but then there's a few that you're just like, you're just not of this world, you know? Yeah, because like, not to swear, but like. You could swear. I'm like. No, like, I mean, I say swear, like, like, oh, you're swearing to God. Like, now you're bragging wow. or flexing or something. But, like, I go to, like, a lot of, like, I did when I would party a lot. Like, go to, like, after parties and stuff with, like, a lot of these people. So, it's, like, I'd be looking at them, like, they're so boring. Like, <laughs> like these people are so boring. Like, why do people, like, really be flexing on them? So, like, I think that has, like, fucked with my, like, it's it, it screwed my vision of celebrity. I feel like I'm just, like, they're just little little muppets i don't know they're just people (laughs) i i agree with you like i have a much different perspective from doing this show and you know meeting Mm -hmm. people you're like yeah you meet a lot of people that are great and it's organic and then other than that you're like eh, trust me you think you want to hang out with this person i promise you i don't think you really do if you knew them you know right it's like the people that start believing in the hype and it's like wait hold on like wait a minute now <laughs> you're funny right it's just more about the work right it's like we're all here to work so to speak yeah well yeah. i mean look i stand by everything i said about the music it really is about the music for you it's not a gimmick you are different than all these others but how nice or how do you what what happens when new york magazine in 2019 comes out with their list of the top 100 most powerful drag queens and puts you at number six does that i mean what is that like is that does that not mean anything do you say who cares i gotta go to i gotta go to work now or is i mean the most powerful and you're number six that's gotta be something i forgot about that that's super cool um no, that's a big deal, man. Like, that's some stuff that you want to tell your mom about. I remember when that happened. My mom was with me at DragCon. And then when we took that photo, and then when, like, they were, the New York Times or whatever it was said that, my mom was, like, freaking out a little bit more than I was. But I, it's a big deal, man. Like, if you tell me this when I'm, like, a t- when I was a teenager, I'd be like, like, there's no fucking way I grew up to be that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was in, like, this little teenage punk band that everybody hated in my city, like, We didn't know what the hell we were doing, but we knew that we loved what we did. You know, we all wore makeup, played bad music. And now look at me. I'm getting paid to do it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's beautiful. Well, listen, you've been on Drag Race. You've been on Idol. You've also been on the classic MTV show X on the Beach. Like, are you a fan? Like, do you watch reality TV? I mean, you just saw something on the Kardashians. Like, do you like reality TV? Like, do you watch certain shows? 
I mean, haters will say it's fake. That um, some will say that I brought you know Drag Race to MTV. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but what was the question? <laughs> like, do you like reality TV? Like, is that you know one of your guilty pleasures? And like, do you watch or do you watch other types of TV for your guilty pleasures? I watch everything, dude. Like, I love reality television. Like, you can ask my manager. Like, I love like Housewives. I love. Who I love? I love like like murder documentaries and like murder mysteries and like I love watching makeup stuff. Um, let's see what else. Oh yeah, I like. The- Go on, sorry. No, no, no. I was just gonna say the Zeus Network, like stuff like, like Jocelyn's Cabaret. Like I love trash TV too. It's pretty fun. Do you like Real Housewives? Like you're obsessed with the Housewives? Oh, totally. Are you kidding me? Real Housewives of Melbourne, Gina? Like Liano, I think it is. My favorite housewife of all time. What about Beverly Hills, keeping it local? Mm-hmm. I've been watching them. Garcelle is my queen. Sutton, we love her. You're th- we love a little Sutton and Garcelle, you know? And next uh-huh. season, and next season when Lisa Rinna is back, you could love her too. <laughs> Maybe not, but you could still love her because she will be back. Listen, my heart is full of love for everyone. Exactly. What do you think people have wrong about you when they, you know, say, oh, let me tell you about a door? What do, what do you think people get wrong? About me? <sighs> what have they been saying lately? Um, what do they get wrong about me? I don't know. I don't know what they say. Like I said, I don't read shit. Maybe like a lot of people like, I don't want to say that because y'all work hard. I don't know. Like I'm such a party girl. A lot of people think like I party a lot. Like, but it's like I put in just as much work, if not more. Like eh, I'm really, I take my, my shit serious. You know what I mean? Like, like it sucks when you, you have to live off of like the whole theme of partying and like showing up and like telling the people at the venue, like, dude, like, nah I don't drink or do drugs it's like it's kind of like I have to grab my acting skills but other than that like I don't know I just I got love for everyone I'm a little ignorant at times because I didn't graduate high school but other than that like I got love for everyone like that's 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 my mission it's just to show people that they can do better with their life and and be the walking example of that you know well, having love for everyone is not exactly a bad thing. Some would say it's a very admirable thing that more people should have. Yeah, no, nah, I, I I put that down to like having a good foundation growing up and having a good mom and stuff. So I just try to like go around trying to make her ass proud. Like she would even say sometimes I'm too nice, but it's like I just try to be fucking chill and try to make her proud, you know. What about, you know, you you do work so hard. You are going to be working so hard once you go back out on the road. What do you do when you are not working? Like, what do you do for fun? Oh, my gosh. I'm glad you asked. Um, sit on my couch. Listen to podcasts. I've been going on, like, fucking walks for days. Like, when I don't drink, I get I have an addictive personality. I'm an addict. So it's like I focus all my energy on something else and become addicted to it. So right now I'm like, an avid walker again so i've been walking like 30 to forty thousand steps like it's crazy but like i just been listening to like podcasts and audiobooks and just you know getting getting my my body ready for tour getting uh, well listen feel free to listen to this podcast we've had every housewife you can imagine on here so you feel free to make this your new obsession if you have an addictive personality gorgeous Anything else like, you know, you want to talk about? Thank you for answering all my questions. I like to give people a chance at the end to, you know, plug anything you want, mention anything you want, bring up anything you want. Of course. So January 31st, part of your world tour with my full band is coming to L.A. at Whiskey A Go-Go. We're starting there. We're kicking it off there. And then we're going to take on the entire U.S. with, I believe, a 21-city tour and it's gonna be fun not a lot of time to party so make sure to get your tickets and enjoy it while you can and then after that i'll have some time to go on a writer's retreat and get some new music pops out and then i'm going to be coming back to the uk for drag world i believe um don't kill me if that's not what it's called um uh we're doing three dates then and then we're going to be doing um 
hopefully Australia and South America wow. ending ending the summer into the fall. <laughs> wow. And by the way, Drag Fest is the UK show. So you you were close. Oh yeah, Drag Fest. Look at me go. I mean there's so many drags. Drag Fest. I love them, dude. They've always Sorry, dude. They've always had my back. My bad. <laughs> drag world, drag fest, kind of the same thing, right? If people no, know people know to, where to find you. <laughs> right. So go to adoredelano.com. <laughs> well, I am going to be in LA. I live in New York, but I'm in LA for all of January. So I'm going to have to come and check out your show. I'm so excited. I just happen to be there when you're playing. So, I mean, in Whiskey A Go-Go, like what a classic venue to start this tour, right? Right? It's like the beginning of an 80s movie. I'm like, bring on fucking like Howard the Duck. I'm here for it. I'm excited. You should come though. Stop, come through. I am. I'm going to stop by. So it's great. Your music is great. I'll share your socials with everyone and get some rest because you only have a few weeks left. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Hopefully I can come back and talk about the new record when it comes out. I would love that. I can't wait for the new record. When it comes out, you'll come back. And thank you to Gina, too, who made this all happen. So congratulations on everything. Thanks, BB. Have a lovely, lovely day. You too. Enjoy your day. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear... Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.